Verse 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descend like a dove, and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his word, but keep your Bibles open, for we're going to be looking at many scriptures, uh, quite a lot of scriptures, as we go through uh, this little teaching. Let's pray. Father, we ask you now to shut each and every one of us in with yourself, that the very words that are said this evening will be from your own mouth and not from a man's, from your own word and not from my heart. We pray, Father, that your word would find free course in this house, that, Lord, even if there's one who doesn't know your Son as Lord and Savior, has never yielded and bowed the knee and come to saving faith in him. We pray, Lord, that you would continue with them and, Lord, speak to their hearts and draw them to the Son of God who loved them and gave himself for them. We pray, Father, that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that those who are going through the waters of baptism, Lord, that you will encourage them even as they listen, Lord, planted deep within their breast and in their heart and spirit, that they will realize that they're doing the right thing as commanded by the Lord and according to the word of God itself. So, Father, for those, Lord, who are still halting and maybe have hindered, Lord, we ask you, Lord, just to help them, encourage them, speak to them, Lord, and lead them on in to the further things of the Scripture, Lord, that they will see their need to follow on with the Lord. So glorify your name, glorify your Son, and glorify yourself. We ask it for Jesus' precious name's sake and for his glory. Amen. The word baptize or baptism is a Greek word simply baptizo or baptizo. And John the Baptist gets his name from exactly doing that. He was known for baptizing men and women who had come to faith in Christ. Remember, John was the man or the baby who was filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And this man filled with the Holy Ghost went about preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. And as he went, he preached the gospel to prepare the way of the Lord to make his path straight. And when men and women realized their need of a Savior and bowed their knee, as it were, to Christ and his Lordship, then when they came to saving faith at repentance, then they were baptized in water. John the Baptist really can be termed John the Dipper. Notice he's not John the Sprinkler. He's John the Baptizer or John the Dipper. In other words, he dipped men and women in the river. He submerged them fully under the waters. So he was known as John the Baptist. To baptize simply means to immerse or to plunge. And John immersed men and women fully under the water, or he plunged them fully under the water. In our reading, the Lord Jesus comes to him and needing not to be baptized, wants to set an example to you this evening. To those who are going through the waters of baptism, he wants to set an example to all the believers who trust those who come to saving faith in him, 
trusting in the finished work of the cross, trusting in his blood that is enough and more than enough to pay for your sin. And those who have come and realized they're a sinner in need of a savior and given their lives to Christ and realized that Jesus has a further going on for them in life, they come then to the waters of baptism. This is known as believer's baptism. When a man and a woman believe in the Lord Jesus Christ with all their heart and they are saved. This is believer's baptism. It's not infant baptism. Now let me say, I'm not saying this to offend. I was sprinkled when I was a baby. And I'm not saying this to offend. So please bear with me a moment. Nowhere in the New Testament, nowhere in the scripture do we read of infant sprinkling or baptism. Nowhere. We read of infants being circumcised on the eighth day as a sign of the old covenant. And a man and woman who come to Christ, their heart is circumcised then in the new covenant in Christ. We read of children being dedicated unto the Lord, brought into the temple, blessed and prayed over, and handed up to God that the Lord would lead them all the days of their life. And we also read of our Lord Jesus doing these things. But we read nowhere that infants were sprinkled with water. John chapter 3 and verse 23. It also tells us that John was also baptizing in Anon near Salem because, notice the term, there was much water there. There was much water there. In other words, there was enough water to plunge one into. There was enough water to immerse a human being. There was enough water to cover the man and the woman. And in fact, in Matthew's gospel, chapter 3, when our Lord was baptized by John, in verse 16, it says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, when he was plunged into the water, under the water, immersed in the water, when he was baptized, he went up straightway, notice, out of the water. In other words, he wasn't sprinkled with some water. He was immersed in water so much he had to climb up the riverbank completely, fully out of the water. So Christ has set an example for each and every one of you that you'll follow in believer's baptism. Now, baptism does not save you. Do you hear that? But you get baptized because you're saved. Baptism does not save a man nor save a woman. It's a command unto obedience in the Lord. But a man and a woman are baptized, submerged, or plunged in water because they are saved and want to go on further in the Lord. That they are showing the world. They're showing the company around them, testifying of them dying to self and rising to newness of life in our Lord Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 38, there's a story of Philip sees an Ethiopian eunuch in a chariot, and as the chariot's going along, Philip runs alongside the chariot to catch up with it, and the Ethiopian eunuch is reading Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, and Philip asks him, he says, do you know what you're reading? And the Ethiopian eunuch says, how can I know what I'm reading except some man show me? He was reading of Israel's history. He was reading maybe Isaiah 53, for he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With the stripes we are healed. 
All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Yes, Ethiopian eunuch is looking at this. And Philip says, do you know and understand what you're reading? And this Ethiopian eunuch says, no, but show me. Philip gets him to stop the chariot. He shows him the scriptures that are concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Written 750 years before he even came and was born in Bethlehem. And whenever he shows him it, the Ethiopian eunuch gives his heart to Christ. And he cries out for salvation and repentance unto the Lord. And he becomes a child of God, born of the Spirit and washed in the blood into God's family divine. Justified fully through Calvary's love. Oh, what a standing as many could say. He comes down from the chariot. And notice what he says in Acts chapter 8, verse 38. It says, and he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both, notice, into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Verse 39 says, And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. Notice, two men went down into much water, and two men came up out of much water. So here we have the baptism or the immersion or the full submersion of the man under the water. Do you know sprinkling as a baby, as a child, we call it christening. Sprinkling or pouring is not mentioned in the scripture, but it was allowed. Now, we have to go into history for this. It isn't even scriptural. You'll only find it in history. It's not even scriptural. But sprinkling was said to be allowed. Just talking through man's mouth to mouth now. If someone was sick and couldn't make it to be baptized, they allowed sprinkling. In the first century church, there was no sprinkling of infants and no sprinkling for baptism. In fact, the sprinkling uh, uh, came about by Pope Clement V in 1311 at the Council of Ravenna. So the Council of Ravenna sits down. Pope Clement V, he introduces adult or children sprinkled are christened, as you're called, or confirmed into the church. In other words, they weren't saved, but you're saved if you're in the Catholic Church. Sprinkle them with water, and you're saved. And friends, I have to tell you, there are many Protestant churches that went the same way. Salvation is off the Lord. Salvation is not in a sprinkling or a baptism. Salvation is when a man and a woman fully and totally and wholly trust in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and in Christ alone. Here we have the Pope himself as the one at the Council of Ravenna in 1311 who introduced infant sprinkling. We have many instances of baptism in water. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12. Paul tells us that when we go under the waters and the waters close over everyone who will be baptized, it says, we are buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him, that is Christ, from the dead. Baptism is a man and a woman or a boy or a girl who have given their lives to Christ. It is a person who goes under the waters. The waters close over them. It represents the grave where you died to self. And when you're brought up out of the water then you are rising to newness of life and you're telling this congregation or wherever your baptism is, you're telling the people 
that you belong to Christ. You're making an outward profession declaring an inward work of the Holy Ghost in the life of the redeemed heart and the saved sinner. So here we have baptism as a dying to self and arising to newness of life in Christ. You know, when you get baptized, you know what you're doing in front of this people? It's like a wedding. When you come up at a wedding and the bride comes and the groom's standing at the altar, and will you take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? And will you take this woman to be your, or your man to be your lawful wedded husband? When you say, I do or I will, and you're joined together, you say in front of the congregation and before God, you're saying, he and I or she and I are one. We're united in marriage before God and this congregation of people. When a man and a woman are saved and they come under the waters of baptism, what they're saying to before God and before this congregation is, I belong to Christ. I'm saved through the blood of Jesus. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And I want to go on and serve the Lord. I want to die to me that he may be glorified in my life. And when you go under the waters, you're dying and rising to newness of life in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the witness that you're giving this evening when you're being baptized in water. Of course, we might ask the question, why get baptized? Well, we said, and we have told you, because one, it was the Master's example. The Lord Jesus was baptized and set the example. Two, you are obeying the Master's command. Listen to Matthew 28 and verse 19. He says unto his disciples, stroke apostles. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So here we are following the Master's command. Christian, I say this gently to your heart, but firmly in the Lord. If you're a born-again, blood-washed saint, a child of God, and you're not baptized, submerged in water, then you're not going on in the command of the Lord. This is a command of Christ to be baptized in his name. Thirdly, you are coming under the teaching and the revelation of the apostles' doctrine. Notice Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. After the day of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2 and verse 38, Peter is preaching. There are 3,000 souls are added to the church. And notice what it says. Peter cries, he says, Repent and be baptized, one or two of you. <laughs> Repent and be baptized, just a few of you. Repent and be baptized, maybe most of you. It says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Here throughout the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8 and verse 17. We also have it in Acts chapter 9 and verse 18. We have an Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. We have an Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 48. We have an Acts chapter 11 and verse 16. Every one of them are saying, and they baptized them in the name of the Lord, or the name of the Lord Jesus. And we're told that everyone who came to Christ in saving faith were baptized, submerged in water. So, for those who are going through the waters tonight, 
Why get baptized? You're following the master's example. Two, you're obeying the master's command. Three, you are coming under the revealed teaching and authority of the apostles. Four, you're opening your heart up to the moving and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And fifthly, you're identifying yourself with Christ and testifying to the world of an inward work and a desire to go on and to follow him. That's baptism in a nutshell. That's why you get baptized. The command is to repent and be baptized every one of you. You cannot say that I'm baptized because as a baby I was sprinkled. Look, so was I. So was I. And I said this the other week in our church when we announced this, and I'll say it to every one of you again. There's nowhere in the Scripture says it, but the Scripture says to go under the water. Believer's baptism. And I said this also, if you were baptized and trusting in that to bring you into some covenant relationship with God for your salvation, then you are trusting in a false idol in a false teaching, and in a false doctrine. Baptism is full submersion in water after you come to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And just before we close, maybe there's a man and a woman here and you're not saved. Maybe there's a man and a woman here and you think, well, you know, I believe that we're just all on the road to heaven. Remember the night that I got saved and the preacher was preaching on obstacles that God puts in the sinner's road to stop them going to hell. Obstacles that God puts on the sinner's road to stop them going to hell. Well, me and, and, and my mentality and thinking, I thought, well, hey, I think our preacher's got it wrong because I think that the devil puts obstacles in my way to stop me going to heaven. I thought I'm automatically... On the road to heaven, sure doesn't. God just love us all and will accept no matter what way we come to him at that day of judgment, if there is one. So the devil doesn't want me to go to heaven. He'll put an obstacle in my road. That's not true. I got that wrong. All of us are on a broad road to destruction. All of us will be lost without being born again of the Spirit and washed in the blood of Jesus. There's no other means, there's no other way, there's no other method. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts 4 and 12, Peter preached that. Jesus said to Nicodemus, he says, Nicodemus, accept a man, be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. John chapter 3 and verse 3. He said to Nicodemus again in John chapter 3 and verse 7, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Never mind enter it. And then he said in John chapter 3 and verse 7, marvel not, don't you be surprised, he says, that I say unto you, you must be born again. You must. He didn't say you might have to try your best and do your own thing, go your own way and come to me and we'll see how you get on. He says, you must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. The words of Christ. Can I ask you? Are you born of the Spirit? 
Is there a day and an hour in your experience and in your life when you realize that you're a sinner and Christ is the only Savior? Listen, if you're trusting in yourself or anything else, a denomination, even Elam Church, don't come here looking for salvation in the church. But you can come here and look for the Christ of the church. You can come here and look for the Savior of the church. You can come here and look for the Lamb of God who bore our sins and carried it all away in his own body on the tree. That if you trust in him, you will be saved. Here's the thing. Maybe you're saying, well, maybe I'm thinking like this. Well, do you know that's not off yourself, but that's the Holy Ghost? That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you now. And the Holy Spirit dealing with your heart and drawing you and showing you your need of a Savior. Jesus says, John 14 and 6, I am the way, not a way. You know, you hear nowadays, well, there's many faiths and there's many roads up the hill that go to heaven and many roads, as it were, not only lead to Rome, and that's what's happening, many roads are leading to Rome, but there's many roads that lead up a winding path to a beautiful garden and it's going to be called heaven. Listen, folks, let me tell you, the Bible says, Jesus himself said in John chapter 14 and verse 6, he says, I am the way, not a way, not a possible way. He says, I am the only, I'm the exclusive way. I believe in the exclusivity of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior. Christ and Christ alone. His shed blood and his shed blood alone. When Jesus cried on the cross, it is finished. That means your debt was paid in full. The wrath of the Father was poured out upon him. For three hours he hung in darkness that you might move into light. Are you saved? Are you saved tonight, friend? Are you trusting in the Savior? Are you born again? Is the Spirit dealing with your heart? You feel the tug. You know something's there. You know what I'm saying is true because it's not my words. It's the word of God because it's the spirit of the Lord speaking to hearts of men and women tonight. And you've come in not expecting this, expecting to see someone you love or know go under the waters. Well, tonight Christ has brought you here that you will hear his word. And his word is an incorruptible seed that you can be born again with. Do you know the Savior? Have you surrendered your life to him? Are you on the road to glory? Or are you on the road to hell? Christ loves you. He gave his life for you. And on that day, the only thing the Father will recognize is his blood. The blood of his Son. He'll not recognize who you are, or your family member, or your praying grandmother or your godly grandfather. You'll not remember your mum and your dad who brought you to church. You'll not remember the sacraments and the religion. You'll not remember the infant sprinkling. You'll not remember any of it. The only thing God the Father will see and will recognize is the blood of his son. God looks for the blood. And if you're under the blood, and you're covered by the blood through faith in Christ, If you're under the blood, he says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The blood which avoids judgment in all men and women and only the blood, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. May you tonight hear the word and answer the call of the Spirit and be saved for time and eternity tonight. Give your life to Christ. Give your life once and for all. And surrender your all to him and say, Lord, I come with nothing. 
As the hymn writer said, nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. The water and the blood. Oh, he just looks for the water and the blood which flowed from Emmanuel's veins. But are you under it? May God speak to our hearts tonight. And listen, you want to speak to any of us about your salvation? You want to speak to any of us and say, you know, I've fallen far away from him. You want to speak to us of your walk? We're here. We're here. We're going to have fellowship later. Please don't leave tonight without getting yourself right with God and saying, Christ and Christ for me. Will you give yourself to him if you do not know him already as your Savior? You're deeply loved by the Savior tonight. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Let us pray for a moment. Father, will you speak to every heart and every life? And we pray, Father, that you would just deal with everyone who will go through these waters tonight, that they will be strengthened by your Spirit as they're baptized in your name. Lord Jesus, we pray that they would have a witness to family and friends of the wonder-working power of God, the operation of God in their life. And may they rise out of the waters in newness of life to go on to know, to serve, and to follow the Lord. We worship you in this house. And we love your name. And all that is about you Lord. We exalt you. And we glorify you. For there's no one. Like the Lord. Father now bless this congregation. And bless every head that's bowed. And every family represented. And glorify your son. In his name we ask it. Amen. Amen.